Changing editors at a magazine brand isn't easy, but Farm Progress has been blessed with great talent, and we wanted you to meet the new editors of Wallace's Farmer and Nebraska Farmer. Note, they may appear familiar to the readers of either magazine. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Longtime editor and writer for Wallace's Farmer, Rod Swoboda, is retiring at year-end. And Tyler Harris, former editor of Nebraska Farmer, is moving east to take on the challenges of covering Iowa agriculture. We talked with Tyler about this role, but also about the fact that Wallace's is actually where he started. Then we turn to Kurt Ahrens, who is taking over for Tyler at Nebraska Farmer. Since 2010, Kurt has been working on the Nebraska Farmer staff with Tyler, and now he's the new boss. We chat with Kurt about his new role and his work on the brand with the Big Red N. First up, let's check in with the new editor of Wallace's Farmer, Tyler Harris. Well, Tyler Harris, uh, the new editor of Wallace's Farmer, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hi, Willie. Great to be here. So, um, as I mentioned, you are the new editor of Wallace's Farmer, uh, but you're technically not new to Wallace's Farmer. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I interned with uh, Wallace's Farmer back in 2012, uh, right out of college, Um yeah, so worked with Rod Swoboda, the the uh, uh, the current editor, and um, uh, Frank Holdmeyer at the time on a lot of things that were going on in 2012, preparing for the Farm Progress show that year in Boone, and covering a lot of the impacts of the drought uh, in Iowa and across the Midwest that year. Now, there was plenty to talk about. You picked a good year to intern, all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want good content, that's a, do it in the middle of the worst drought since 88. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> which was crazy. So uh, let's talk about that for a minute. You're an intern. You're a new guy. Uh, you you didn't have an ag journalism degree, right? I mean, that's right. Me about it, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, a lot of folks around here like to give me a hard time about that. But that's, uh, that, that's you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of the 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 journalism background I had. I went to the University of Iowa uh, at the School of Journalism there. And um, yeah, so I, I kind of, I, I found out fairly early on that I enjoyed going into small towns and interviewing farmers um, a lot more than I wanted to cover the Iowa City Council meetings and things like that, or covering the crime beat. Um, and so when I, I, I would have been, it would have been the summer, I think after my junior year in college, I worked for a small town paper south of Iowa City and I started interviewing farmers a lot more. And I just thought, wow, you know, why, why can't I just do this full time? So I, I uh, reached out to Frank and Rod. It would have been, I think it probably would have been towards sometime towards the end of 2011. And they mentioned that they would need an intern for 2012 because the farm progress show was going to be in Boone that year, uh, set up a meeting with them, met with them and went really well. And, um, yeah, so they, they hired, signed me on as an intern. And then at the end of the year, uh, or at the, at the end of 2012 hired me on full time and yeah, the rest is history. It's <laughs> interesting, by the way, uh, I also do not have an ag background. So yeah. I came I came out with a straight journalism degree from a different college and uh, ended up in agriculture. And like you, I, I love this more than anything I ever thought I would. So it's a great business and a lot of great people. Yeah. So that's interesting, too. So then you were at Wallace's for how long as a field editor? I was there for about two and a half years. So, yeah, living in Kansas City. I, I mean, I covered the gamut there. Mm-hmm. Um, Missouri, Kansas, Iowa. Uh, put in a lot of miles and that was a I, I think just a really good way to get my feet wet and 
get out and experience all different kinds of agriculture um, in, across different environments. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. There, there were a lot of um, there was quite a bit that I covered in Wallace's that year or in those two and a half years. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it was around the cow-calf sector, um, you know, and, and that was kind of around the time. I remember 2013, 2014, after we were coming off the drought, that a lot of cow-calf producers were starting to dry lot cows because, you know, we were coming off of this really, this record drought, and a lot of people were, you know, looking for different forage resources and the different ways to raise cow-calf pairs. So that was one thing that that um, that I covered fairly extensively during that time. But then I, I think, you know, we started to see quite a bit going on with um, – Obviously, there was quite a bit going on in the pork sector in Iowa at that time because we were coming off the debate sound, uh, surrounding gestation stalls. So I covered quite a bit of that in uh, late 2012, 2013, 2014 also. Hmm. So basically, we use the Coast Guard School of Training. You know what that is, right? The Coast Guard School of Training is you just push you off the end of the dock and see if you can swim. Um, <laughs> it worked, so. and it worked it worked and then an interesting thing happened and i want to talk about this for a couple minutes and then we'll get back to wallace's farmer an interesting thing happened i had an editor retire in nebraska don mccabe yep. who'd been with the staff for several years i think almost 40 years himself and he and i had a conversation and we were talking about who his replacement might be and, uh, and i'd known don a long time and um we were chatting and he he mentioned your name and he felt that someone who was young had come along with a good heart for agriculture, and he felt that you would have a good heart for Nebraska. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And so I went to Frank Heldmeyer at the time, and I had a conversation, and then a long conversation with Don, and we came to you, and you were like, okay, I can do this. And yeah. the next thing I know, you're the editor of Nebraska Farmer. And by the way, one of the youngest editors we'd hired to run a magazine. We'd had another younger editor at Prairie Farmer for a while. So I never regretted the decision. You've done a great job. Oh, what did you learn in Nebraska, and now that you're coming back as a new editor of Wallace's, replacing Rod Swoboda, we'll talk about that in a bit, what did you get out of Nebraska that you might be bringing back to Iowa? So there, there are quite a few things. Um, you know, Nebraska is a totally different ag environment, um, and, and I think probably, you know, when, when I first was hired onto this company, I was fairly ignorant in that regard. But, you know, you quickly learn covering the Great Plains that, you know, there's a big difference from east to west when you go from 36 inches of rainfall to 14. Um, so there's a lot of irrigation, and that's even in the higher rainfall areas. But there's also a pretty big range of, you know, where the livestock production is concentrated and the different kinds of crops that are grown in different uh, growing environments. So that was a lot of fun. But I think one of the big things that I really took away was the the weight that producers or readers put on I, I don't want to say testimony but but the perspectives of other growers and the experience of other growers and so I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of power that comes from you know what one grower is doing that's well respected that's trying some new things uh, but there's also a lot of power in in I, I think some of the numbers that we can see. Uh, in terms of things like profitability and return on investment of certain practices. And we've done that. Um, I, one of the example was um, oh, with, with the grower up, actually, it's Kurt Ahrens' neighbor, uh, Jeff Steffen, uh, up in northeast Nebraska. We did, we did uh, or Kurt did a really phenomenal job with that story, putting together an Excel file 
showing the return on investment that Jeff had realized from certain cover crop practices. And when we can show that, you know, a specific example of something and what the potential return on investment is that's been verified and backed up by a grower, I think that is just that's something that speaks volumes. And I realize every farm is different. You know, you're not going to have a farm in western Nebraska or southeast Iowa do perform the same as a farm in northeast Nebraska. Um, but when we can show that specific example and show what the potential was for return on investment in a given year or ideally several uh, given years, that that is something that the producer, the reader can take and hopefully try on their farm, at least on a limited scale. Um, it, 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 as soon as they have the next opportunity to see if it works for them. So that's something I'm going to try to bring a little bit more to Wallace's. I want to try to kind of encourage producers, readers to think outside the box and bringing some of those different ideas to them. Um, you know, and, and I don't want it to be something that's focused on anything too much like snake oil, but I want to, I want to kind of uh, bring in some of those ideas and and back up some things with some numbers and sometimes the, the numbers won't do it i mean it's you know we, we can see like through through the on-farm network if there happens to be a situation where there was a practice that that you know was didn't didn't yield a return at all or or you know actually lost the farmer money maybe that's something that we can bring up i think that's that's a big thing that i really want to do another thing I'm going to be continuing doing the Down in the Weeds podcast uh, for Wallace's, and I think there's a lot of cool things that I can do with that. Um, we, we've seen a lot of different challenges. I mean, just just this year, I'm looking forward to this because, or, or 2021, because you know we're gonna we're obviously we're expecting a lot of issues with down corn because of the derecho uh, last year. I I'm guessing we're gonna probably be dealing when I mean, we're coming off a year where tar spot was a bigger problem than it has been in the past and i think that's going to continue to be a problem anytime anytime we have some of these major events where i mean we, we we're also seeing a lot of soybean gall midge too pop up in iowa but iowa is usually on the leading cutting edge of when where we have some of these some of the research behind certain certain new crop diseases. I mean, bacterial leaf streak in corn was another one a few years ago that, that, that cropped up. Um, so we're, we're seeing, yeah, I mean, that that is, that's something that we continue to see out of Iowa. And that's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to covering a lot more of that. That's a quite a, that's quite a few things to uh, pull together. Obviously you've been paying attention. Uh, uh, the tar spot will be interesting. Uh, down corn in the Duray show, which probably left a nice spore load on the ground too. If you think about the diseases that might be present in 2021, it's going to be a very interesting year. I like your idea of thinking out of the box, but let's bring some return on investment to it. Let's bring some numbers to it. I think uh, it's nice to do a farmer feature, like you say, profile what a person is doing or a fifth generation farmer has done to maintain that operation through five generations or whatever. But but bringing some numbers to some of these practices, the rise of biologicals and some of the other tools that farmers are being offered, I think would be very valuable as you go in the, go forward in the future. Um, and also the disease profile, like you said, Iowa State's a great help for that, as you know. So. Tyler, you're pretty energetic about this, which is exciting. Um, I'm going to be talking to your replacement at Wallace, at Nebraska Farmer, when we, when uh, in the next segment here on uh, 
around farm progress, and that would be Kurt Ahrens, who's been your field editor for a while. Did you want to dish on him before we ring off? No, I'm kidding. I can... <laughs> well, I just say about Kurt Ahrens. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have picked a better person for the job. I mean, he's been there, you know, uh, helping me out for the last five years and just doing a phenomenal job. And you know, he's uh, you know, born and raised in Nebraska. He's he's covered Nebraska ag. I don't know how many years, but he was he was on board when Don McCabe was you know, was the editor and you just done a phenomenal job. So I, I mean, he's absolutely up to the task and yeah, you won't be disappointed. No, we're excited about it. And he is excited too. It's a big change for all of us. I mean, uh, bringing you in to replace Don when Don retired was a big deal. It was one of the first longtime editors that um, I had to uh, replace. And then with Rod retiring, which was I knew it was inevitable. Okay, let's go with that. I mean, a person's on staff for more than 40 years. You eventually think he's going to retire. Yeah. Um, you know, I was concerned about what I could do. So I'm glad you can step back into Iowa, get a little closer. Eventually, I think, to family. Um, you're from eastern Iowa? I am from southwest Iowa. So actually, it, it kind of worked out interestingly because um, actually Lincoln, Nebraska – uh, where, I, where I first lived when I took over the mm-hmm. reins as uh, editor of Nebraska Farmer, o-, o Street that goes right through town, Highway 34. You take O Street about two hours and 40 minutes east uh, across the river into Iowa. You'll run right by the farm I grew up on. So southwest <laughs> Iowa, right along Highway 34. Interesting. Well, that's, that's good to know. You know, and you made one other comment when you went to Nebraska, how agriculture is different. And I like to remind people, that's why we have 15 state and regional magazines. Agriculture remains a local business, and uh, that's your topic now. You are now um, working on Iowa. The break for you is that this year the Farm Progress Show is in Decatur, so you don't have to do that Farm Progress Show program yet, but make sure that's on your calendar for 2022. Yeah. Don't worry, I help with that. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) it's all good. Well, Tyler Harris, it's been a pleasure talking to you. As always, it's been a pleasure working with you since you came on board in 2012, even as an intern. And I'm looking forward to your work and uh, your uh, writing that's coming forward in Wallace's Farmer in 2021 and beyond. Thanks for your time, sir, and have a great day. You as well, Willie. Thanks a bunch. As you probably heard, Tyler is enthused about the opportunity to share the stories of agriculture in Iowa. He's also already tapping new ideas for the magazine and its website. Now we turn our attention to Kurt Ahrens, who started at Farm Progress as a field editor with Nebraska Farmer and Dakota Farmer, and today he's the new editor at Nebraska Farmer. He shares some thoughts on his new role. So Kurt Ahrens, welcome to Around Farm Progress. Hi Willie, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And congratulations on your new role, moving up from being a senior staff writer, field content person to it's all on you now, buddy. You're the editor of Nebraska Farmer. And the title's a lot shorter, too. Yes, it is. (laughs) And that's helpful. (laughs) But, you know, many people listening to this who might read Nebraska Farmer know your name, Kurt Ahrens, and you've been with the magazine. When When did you come on board? Uh, April of 2010. Um, my That spring, it was pretty eventful because my uh, wife was uh, pregnant with our fourth son and our fourth child, who is a son. And uh, also um, my father passed away that spring. It was kind of a time of transition for us, I guess. And when the opening came up, um, I had already been freelancing for Nebraska Farmer quite often and farming full time at the same time. Um, and it just seemed like the right time and the right opportunity for me to 
uh, enter that position or at least try and and it worked out really well and and you know I've uh, never looked back. It's been a great decision for me, and I get to talk to farmers every day. So, you know, it's been a very good thing. Plus, I continue to live on the farm where I grew up. Right. And it's been a great decision for me and Frank Holdmeyer, who was <laughs> in this role when he hired you. That's right. Yep. In the senior editor role. So you're, you've been working at Nebraska Farmer, and, and you were field editor with Dakota Farmer as well. Mm-hmm. And now you're taking on the reins of Nebraska Farmer. To you, as a longtime Nebraska resident, what does the Big Red N and Nebraska Farmer mean to you? Well, um, the Big Red N for me is agriculture. I, you know, I went to school at UNL um, through the ag school. was an animal science major. Uh, I farmed for 25 years and uh, know Nebraska ag pretty well. I feel like, you know, in the last 10 years as a field editor, I've been on farms and ranches in just about every corner of Nebraska um, that you can find. And, uh, you know, I've had the great pleasure of talking to farm and ranch families all over. So agriculture is number one, farm and ranches, the the families that are involved on the land. uh, That really means everything to me, I guess. And uh, it's been, you know, a great pleasure to get to meet everybody over the last 10 years. And I'm looking forward to the future as you know, agriculture continues to evolve. You think about 10 years ago, um, you know, where we were with ag and, and what's happening now. And in that short little span, so much has happened. Yeah, you know, I remember 20 years ago before uh, uh, just doing a little irrigation writing and how we were gonna control our pivots with our cell phones. And and I'm talking flip phones, never, right. not smartphones. And today, um, I can open up a screen and have a dashboard of every pivot on my farm and see how each one is operating from the screen, right? And that is uh, kind of an interesting deal from that standpoint is just on that technology alone, the telemetry on a pivot. I mean, it's crazy. I talked with one of our neighbors and he's in his 90s <laughs> and he grew up farming with horses and now he has a smartphone and turns his pivot on with the phone, monitors the pivot. And so you think in his lifespan, how much things have changed. I mean, the basic science is the same, but the technology is just incredible. And what he's seen in his lifetime, you know, it just kind of blows your mind because uh, when he was young, you would have never even thought about what we're doing now on the farm. So it's a, it's a pretty amazing journey. It is. And you know, there's that old story that if you picked up somebody from the 1700s and dropped them in the 1800s, they could still farm. And if you picked them up in the 1800s and dropped them into the 1900s, it was it was a little complicated. But if you picked up somebody from the 1800s and dropped them into now, they couldn't farm. It would it, they wouldn't recognize uh, certainly a lot of the processes that we go through now. That's, that but you insane. know. You're in the center of irrigated agriculture in the United States. I understand California lays claim to a lot of it. But basically, when I think of irrigated agriculture, I think of Nebraska. And it's more than that. It's a lot of cow-calf. It's feedlots as well. I mean, it's a very diverse state, right? I mean, that's the cool part of your job. Yeah, and I think it's actually getting more diverse. Um, The number – we just ran a story recently on the number of uh, organic operations – 
growing in the state. And in fact, uh, some of the, the leadership in many of our state's farm organizations, they may farm conventionally, but they also farm organically. So that, you know, not just what we grow, but also how we grow it uh, to kind of capture that value added side it is, is, you know, gaining steam, I think, right along. The other thing in Nebraska um, is, you know, you've got that uh, 38 inches of rain kind of in that far southeast corner all the way up to maybe 12 inches per year up in the northwest corner. So the the crops we grow from corn, soybean, and wheat in the east all the way, you know, out west where it's dry beans, sugar beets, you know, field peas, sunflowers. Uh, <laughs> we cover a lot of ground and a lot of different crops. So, you know, to me, that's the fun part because um, every farmer is different in how they manage different types of crops, different livestock. It's it's just extremely diverse. And so every day is different on this job. That's for sure. Well, that's true. I want to diverge for a moment. I mean, you talked about the rise of organics, and that's a great story. Uh, part, I wonder if part of that is that, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years, we've been talking about identity preserved for so long that we've come along with good tech to follow all that stuff. Because if you're organic, you have to keep track of it differently than if it's just conventional, right? Oh, absolutely. And the, the record-keeping part of organic ag is is extremely important um, because integrity is everything when it comes to that particular uh, part of production ag. Um, secondly, the, the technology that is employed, not just in conventional ag, but also in organic, um, has come a long way, you know, so that uh, different uh, tools that are available. I was thinking of a roller crimper that can, you know, drop drop that uh, rye cover crop, and so you can plant directly into it um, and get that nice weed mat that holds the weeds down because the weeds are the bane of every organic farmer's existence. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's just a lot of different tools that are available, just like in all of ag, I guess. So that makes uh, makes it more widely uh, adaptable to a lot of different farmers. So. Yeah, it's, it's just one of the growth areas, one of the many growth areas, I think, in the state. Another one that uh, folks forget about sometimes is Nebraska is the leading producer of popcorn. Um, yeah. And popcorn is a big deal in many parts of our state. And I would say more and more farmers are growing popcorn. So, you know, I look for us to be covering a lot more of that story, uh, getting down into the weeds as far as, you know, uh, pr processes in the production of popcorn and marketing too. So, so that'll be yeah. an interesting story to follow as well. Yeah, I mean, the part of that is uh, with popcorn is if you have the processors. I mean, yep. Indiana's got them, and Indiana's got a lot of popcorn. Nebraska's got them, and that it is part of that whole value chain from from seed to uh, microwave bag. I guess would be right. the answer. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, one thing that you did this past year, and and I know you and Tyler did, but I think you took the lead on a lot of this was those tours, the um, self-contained stories that highlighted unique parts of Nebraska, history museums or, you know, all those different projects. That was fascinating. And I think that shows the kind of service journalism that we'll see in Nebraska Farmer going forward, right? Yeah, you know, we travel the state. So we know yeah. every corner of the state pretty well. Um, and we find these places that oftentimes uh, folks who live there don't even know exist. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of, you don't know what's in your own backyard sometimes. And so, um, yeah, during the lockdown, we did, I think, seven or eight of those virtual tours of really cool uh, sites in Nebraska that, that are ag-related. Um, mm -hmm. And we did kind of a virtual tour sort of thing with a slideshow and that kind of thing. Now, um, to follow up, in print, we just started a new column that'll show up in uh, January's uh, oh. print issue. It's called Down the Road, 
and we're you know going to feature a lot of the same type of sites as we did with the virtual tours will be kind of in print now um, going forward and our first one was Haskell Ag Lab in Concord Nebraska and down the road we'll have um, you know other features so folks get a little taste and a little more information about different ag sites museums and just cool spots in Nebraska that are just literally down the road from their place for crying out loud this just gives you a reason to oh what's that over there yeah as you're going to a farmer <laughs> and get off the road and take some pictures it is and do kind a story. Of self-serving isn't it <laughs> well copies copy and people are interested in this i mean sure it, it, nebraska is diverse obviously like you say every state has this it's a great opportunity but i think it's really cool that you did that and um uh, it's just going to be interesting to watch as this evolves. I'm excited to have you on board as the editor of Nebraska Farmer with your history. And um, obviously, we have Kevin Schultz, who's come on board as the field editor. Uh, Kevin's a familiar name to anybody who read National Hog Farmer. He's over here with us now on the on the uh, uh, state and regional side, and that's really cool. But I wish you a lot of luck. I think that the opportunity for Nebraska Farmer, and more stories on return on investment, more stories on how things work, I think it's going to be very exciting as this changing agriculture gets a little wacky in some ways. Well, every day is an, is a new day, right? <laughs> every day is something different, and uh, it is definitely an adventure. In the past year, as we all know, including yourself, uh, um, following ag has, has been just a very interesting journey for everyone, um, figuring out all kinds of new processes and ways to do things that we we hadn't before. Um, but a friend of mine just said recently, uh, told me something that I hadn't really thought about. He said, you know, if you take COVID uh, out of the picture, which is very difficult to do and, and mm -hmm. you can't diminish it in any way, shape or form. But um, in many ways, ag did not have a terrible year um, with a little bit more encouragement in markets. And like in Nebraska, for the most part, yields were not not too bad. Uh, planting was fairly easy. Harvest was pretty easy. Uh, and the cattle are still out in corn stocks, uh, getting some pretty good uh, feed value out, out of the residues. So um, that part of it is encouraging. So I think as we look forward into 2021, you know, hopefully we can look forward with some optimism. And that's, I think, what we all need. That is good. But you don't have a lot of snow cover then, right? No, we don't. And that that is the worrisome part of it. Uh, that, you know, the whole state is, is short of moisture where a year ago we were not. But a year ago, we are also coming out of some pretty chaotic chaotic times yeah. with the 2019 floods. So, you know, you can uh, kind of pick your poison there. But, uh, you know, my my father always used to say that winter was a good time for a drought and that yes. we hopefully would catch up in April with rain, not snow. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would rather catch up with rain than not snow, too. <laughs> yes, I believe it was in 2019 where I was standing in the Husker Harvest show office and I was talking to somebody and I said, listen, I don't get to Nebraska this often, but why do you need irrigation? Because it had <laughs> rained. It had been raining on me for four days. I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it, even, it even rained on us when we were taping Farm Progress Virtual Experience when we were in Grand Island. So it happens. But, yeah. Yeah. but this drought, I am a little, you know, I guess that's one thing we'll all be watching as we go forward. Uh, yep. Minnesota is down on snow as well. And I'm a little nervous about this, but I think you're right. I think a drought in the winter is easier to take than a drought in the summer. So we got our fingers crossed. Right. So, Kurt Arns, it's good to talk to you. Congratulations on your new role. We'll be talking again, I know, in the future as you're working on special projects at Nebraska Farmer. Good luck to you, sir, and keep up the good work and stay safe. You too, Willie, and thanks a million, and uh, have a happy holiday. 
Thanks to Kurt Ahrens and Tyler Harris for sharing their thoughts, ideas, and enthusiasm for covering agriculture in Nebraska and Iowa. We look forward to reading their stories online and in print. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs, and the new Farm Progress Virtual Experience. If you didn't tune in to the premiere of the Farm Progress Virtual Experience, you can still visit the site to see everything that's there. Just visit farmprogressshow.com for a direct connection to the virtual event. And while it's rich with field demonstration content, I also recommend checking out the trade show experience where you can search hundreds of exhibitors by name or find just the product you want by searching by product category. Join us next week as we start a two-part look at some of our favorite stories from 2020. Be prepared for some fascinating conversation. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.